Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Middle of the Row. Oh, no. Genorama. <laughs> Love story edition. Nice save. It is still Middle of the Row, though. It's Middle of the Row, the podcast. Yeah. <laughs> We're in the middle of a miniseries, our second Genorama miniseries that we've done. And it is built around the theme of Love Story, doing these to help supplement the lack of new releases in the calendar year since covid hit and yeah we're on our second entry of love story after doing the village last week which was john's pick who is not joining us for this mini series now we're on to ben lauren and i's pick and lauren's in particular which is jean-pierre Jeanette's a very long engagement uh this was his follow-up to amelie which was a big crossover worldwide hit slash phenomena, you could argue. And before we get into our categories, we're going to describe this movie in eight words or less. Lauren, you get to go because you picked it. Uh, shit. Um, never give up hope for Lorne Tuba. Lord Tuba? For Lorne Tuba. Oh uh, shit! Um, I don't think I, I, have I can give. For this. I can let Ban both fig- Ben and mine start with shit. <laughs> <laughs> World War One really fucking sucks. <laughs> I got it. War is hell. Love is not. Okay, I'll take that. Or is it? <laughs> I was gonna say. Or- <laughs> I mean, love, love is, is a battlefield. Not. So <laughs> love is a battlefield. Oh my gosh. Yeah, but uh, this film t- takes place in World War One. Uh, fought well after World War One, we should say. Well, yeah, is the war over? I think yeah, because like three years after. I mean, it bounces um, back and forth. You could just say that. <laughs> yeah, but it follows the story of a young woman who was engaged to a young man, and he was pulled off to war, and she refuses to believe he. Uh, actually died as was reported the film opens with a uh what one of what feels like a series of short films almost the movie kind of does a brilliant opening of how you find out these five go ahead ben my first thought was like i would have loved to see that expanded into an entire movie like it's done so well honestly like the the world war or the world war one setting like that whole thing like that's probably the best part of the movie for me I was going to say, we did pretty much see it expanded into almost a whole movie. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. But I mean, it's like, not just like the, I mean, it's like that first, I don't know, like, it's all the vignettes of these, these soldiers, like Zach was saying, like, you're just seeing, um, how they ended up, uh, about to be like thrown out, um, and shot, hopefully, if, I mean, that's a good way to go considering, all the shit that was out there. I don't know. I think I'd rather get blown up than shot and maybe die slowly in a mortar hole. Yeah. Um. Fair <laughs> enough. But like, I mean, I'm talking about like infections, you know, or yeah. you get an explosion, it blows your leg off, you can't go anywhere, you bleed out. That I think that's even worse than bleeding out from a gunshot. But anyway, on to the love story. Let's hope we never have to <laughs> test this theory of ours. <laughs> but yeah, and so you find out her fiance was one of five quote-unquote deserters are they're not deserters they attempted to uh get a ticket home by being 
uh, self-mutilating themselves, well, all but one, and they're thrown over the wall to be uh, executed by the German forces. And uh, what we follow is the investigation by her, Mathilde, is her name correct, mm-hmm. right? Yes. Mm-hmm. Who she tries to track down the story of what actually happened at uh, Bingo... Crepuscule? Is that how I it's don't... pronounced? Crepuscule? Okay. And apparently that is a ridiculous name as they make fun of multiple times in the movie. But I think that's one of those French jokes I don't get. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, yeah. Lauren, tell us some more why you picked this movie. Um, I don't know. It's just... It's it's kind of like when we were picking love stories, it's one of those like epic tales that I've already lost track of the sentence, but <laughs> I don't know, it's just one of those movies. I've always loved this one. It's probably one of my top um, foreign films, not to say that I have a huge repertoire of foreign films I've seen necessarily, but I was like, I thought at first I'd pick Amelie just because that's the go-to for Jean-Pierre Jeunet's films. And I know back when we did Micmacs, um, we talked to John and Ben about having not seen any of his other films, well, except for the alien film he did. And so I thought about doing Amelie, since that's usually the one everyone loves. But this one just, I I love this one more than Amelie. I don't know why. Well, I do know why. It's beautiful. Well, so is Amelie. I don't know why I love this one more than Amelie. I just do. (laughs) But, um... I don't know, like, it's just, I remember the first time I watched this, I was just taken by how beautifully shot it is. Like, when it comes to love and war, I feel like one of the biggest examples I have, which is a really poor example, is The Notebook. And there's just, like, a scene of, like, battle in that. And it's just like, that's it. And then you get to this movie, and it just has, like, I was always shocked by how well that side aspect of the film was done. Just... I don't know. It's so great. And I love um, Audrey T- or Tutu. I'm rambling. Like, I still love this movie even now. It does get maybe a little long in the middle. Um, and just, it's sometimes hard to keep track of who's who. And we're bouncing around in the beginning with all the names. But it's just it's just such a well-made love story. I love it so much. Oh, I also was a big fan of this movie and still am. Uh, I would argue it gets a little long. Mm-hmm. At the end, like by the fifth time, we're seeing what happened there. And I understand it's like a new angle every time. But the only time I felt like, all right, let's get through through this was the... And obviously, it's the most... Weirdly, it's the most important one because it's about the actual escape. But... And how... how uh, What's his name? Manek. Uh, Manek uh, got out with the baker or the farmer guy. Notre Dame as they called him in the movie, I think. I mean, I get that's the most important, but the, and, the, and actually, you know, like, I think I was just holding it too much against Junette as well because he does keep it as economic as possible and, like, doesn't dwell on things we've seen for more than a couple seconds. But, I don't know, maybe just a little bit too much by the end. But again, this is me super nitpicking on a movie that I really, really still love and I hadn't seen in a while, so. Well, ben, I'm gonna the open, newbie. I'm going to open myself up to some flack here. I do agree. (laughs) War terms. (laughs) I do agree that it's a well-made movie. Like, I think it's expertly shot. Uh, I think the score is really good. The acting is great all around. I don't think it's a great love story, though. It took me, like, half the movie to become invested in that relationship because it's never really shown. Like, it's just like, Matilde really liked this guy. Cool. 
And then half the movie goes on. Then we get the relationship. We get to see how they met, how they fell in love. And the back half of the movie, I was invested. I was like, this is great. This is four-star material. But up until that point, I was like, this is two and a half star. Because I just, I didn't, I didn't really care. Like, it's, it's a lot of really interesting stuff, but it's not, it never caught me, I guess. I mean, I kind of see what you're saying. But I think I get I, I get caught up in I don't know the mystery of it mm-hmm. and the you know like again the the war stuff you're seeing is interesting and well shot yeah. and and the, I found that engaging and then it's just oh when you find out it is worth but um, not a terrible note to give uh, if you were reading the script it's yeah like we need yeah. to know and that's the- that's the thing it's like it's not like a huge like it's like oh this movie's terrible it's like one yeah. mistake like. If they had put that 40 minutes earlier, or not 40, maybe 20, 25 minutes earlier, I would have been like, this movie's great the whole way through. Like, I just, I don't know. Like, it really bummed me out that it took that long to get to it. Yeah, I mean, for me, it probably does help just going off what you said that, like, going into this movie, the only person I really knew well, well, not well, but the big draw was Audrey Tutu. So hanging out with her the most isn't necessarily a setback for me. And I was all about the hope of it all. I feel like it was like, I, uh, I thought about how, I'm wondering if the, her choice in this movie was to like be as dour looking as possible <laughs> as like a, a complete 180 to Amelie, which has always got the sly smile on her face. It was, it felt like. Um, Wait, she's Amelie? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Holy shit. Okay. That's awesome. Did you, even, <laughs> wait, you haven't watched it yet, right? No, but I've seen, like, little gifts. I've seen, you know, pictures. Like to, Seriously, like... you need to watch it. <laughs> I do, yeah. It, it made me think of how the Coen brothers in, like, with Steve Buscemi in Fargo, like, just won't shut the fuck up. And then they <laughs> literally made a meta reference to that by, in the next Big movie. Lebowski, yeah. Telling Donnie to shut the fuck up all the time. It, it felt like <laughs> her and Jeanette were like, let's do a complete 180 here and... <laughs> not see how but he also Un- uses only it you could i be. mean Amelie, yeah. <laughs> actually you're probably gonna hate it because it's structured very similarly oh yeah ben <laughs> well I, I don't hate this movie like I, <laughs> like i think it's fine i think the back half is great i just i think it I, I just wish it like i said i think that the one scene put earlier would have made it the whole experience that much better for me which one scene particular just like the they're growing up together that's yeah they're growing up together them at the lighthouse because mm-hmm. like and that would have even I, I don't know like to me it would have had even more impact like the i did break down i guess i do break down a lot during movies but um <laughs> the first time he sees her after he's lost his memory the first thing he says yeah. is the first thing he said to her when they first met and that's like, how you know oh, it's gonna God. be okay <laughs> <laughs> yeah because you're like oh he's he is the same person it's like she's gonna get him back you know, I think the only drawback to maybe why they are like probably why they chose not to put that scene in the beginning is just because I feel like it is more heavily weighted towards our Matilde's side of the story. So if you put him in the beginning as well, to that extent, you expect it to more, be more equal in footage. I guess. So, yeah. It's just like, I mean, to me, it was like, I don't, I, I'm sure she cares about him very much, but I would love, I would have loved to see why, I guess like earlier if that makes sense yeah but she puts his hand back on her breast but that wasn't enough for you 
Oh, I miss John. I see where Lauren <laughs> is coming he from. Though, fondly too. holds onto your bosom. <laughs> <laughs> I just spat some water. Oh, <laughs> God. <laughs> yeah, I know. It's it's and it, at the beginning, from its being her perspective, it's not about. She's not lovingly thinking about him. She's just trying to find out how he can get back. And as her hope creeps up a little bit, she starts you find out more about that relationship again. Right. Um, yeah. And I yeah. mean it's like and I I I like I it took me a while to like at first I was just kind of like why isn't she acting desperate or, you know, like acting out, but then it's like, oh, she's just like numb and doesn't mm-hmm. have any any energy other than I need to find him. Like all every part of her is focused on that that alone plus the polio <laughs> yeah yeah that, that's also not great <laughs> also that was that scene with like her the what was it like a swimmer or something who was massaging her mm-hmm. and compliments her it's like i i do not know how to feel about that <laughs> that was she she gave it the thumbs up yeah so. yeah <laughs> general thoughts about the movie um i'll just agree with what ben said soundtrack's great uh, it mm-hmm. always throws me off to start one of the first, well, not one of the first, but one of the first, I just said not one of the first, but one of the first, <laughs> it's just like to open the movie with a horse hanging from a tree yeah. always really bums me out. <laughs> I thought we'd wait for the doggo download for that. But, yeah. Um. It's, I mean, it's war. It's definitely not fun. It's not fun for men or horses, no, really. But my mind just always spirals. It's like, how'd that horse get up there? Oh, it must have gotten blown up. And that's just super sad, but kind of funny to think about. Just a ragdolling <laughs> horse. But like, if you're not actually, if you think of it as an actual ragdoll horse and not an actual horse. <laughs> that's why the only reason I haven't rewatched War Horse, which I, See, a I've movie never I really that liked. For reasons, I, so. I, I really liked it. I think I put it in my top 10 that year. And then a lot of people gave it shit. And I want to rewatch it to be like, was I wrong or right? But then it's like all the horse murder. <laughs> yeah. Spielberg. Great stuff. <laughs> horse murder. Star yeah. ratings. Uh, I was a five star on this before. I and I. I saw I, that. I, I moved it to. I moved it to four and a half. But again, I, I. It might just be me being a little nitpicky. I'd love to see this movie on a big giant screen too, which I don't think I ever. I'm not sure if I saw this on the, in theaters or not. And if I did, it wasn't on a big giant, you know, Alamo Drafthouse screen. It was probably a smaller Plaza Frontenac screen yeah you like it a little bit more than i do i'm sitting at a four out of five and i'm i'm at a three and again i think like if i watch this again now that i've like i kind of have an idea of that relationship i'm sure it would go up in my mind or it would go it would go up yeah because you're not looking for it you already know yeah yeah you're invested okay performance prize this one's a little tricky maybe oh it kind of is yeah because there's a lot of great little man all these french guys i don't even remember who's who <laughs> i mean uh, yeah like, like it there's so many great characters yeah. uh the chef guy uh which one is he i'm gonna oh, give it to thief? the guy i'm the, gonna give it to the guy thief, who yeah. used his hand um, as a nutcracker that's that's my boy <laughs> yeah i don't all these names i don't remember who's is it who. bastosh bastosh i don't know no that's not him that's not him um uh, uh, I, I I need the I can need to go to the wiki summary. Uh, but I will say, does it really matter when we know, like when we when we know, 
Um, shit, no. maybe we don't know. I'm dropping her name. Uh, uh, Matilda. Yeah. I mean, I, for me, it's either between her, Marion Cotillard, and... Uh, uh, I don't know. Yeah, Marion Cotillard was the first yeah. of the two yeah. big names I was excited for you to see. Yeah, I might give it to her. Like, I think her... Actually, that's the first scene that broke me. When she's reading the letter. Like, that yeah. was like, oh my god, that... <laughs> fucking sucked oh yeah i kind of forget because like going in i know that this is a ha- it has a happy ending but then like everything throughout is it is super depressing it's like everyone else gets sad endings except for her basically yeah in the farmer like, <laughs> i will say it's like you can tell she's pissed because she doesn't just shoot the guy she shoots the mirror it's like no i want this <laughs> to be painful like damn or the glass above him it's all good (laughs) yeah that was that was fucking brutal it's it's funny because she's an assassin in the assassin's creed movie because like that gun attached to her hip or whatever Mm -hmm. that's some that's some assassin's creed shit (laughs) like that's a that's a what was it da vinci made that shit for him in uh second one that kind of shit he didn't have a hip fire gun did he no, but it's like in that vein where it's like oh, a very okay. steampunky. I was gonna say yeah. it's like, like I a, don't remember this at all. <laughs> like a very steampunky, just kind of like sly weapon kind of mm-hmm. thing. Like, yeah, it's cool. I um, I thought her stuff was great. Um, yeah, you know, poison someone with syphilis. Good times. Good mm-hmm. times. I don't know. I feel like it, with syphilis? she threatened that a woman with um, like uh, she says it's I think oh a, the syringe. Yeah, the syringe. syringe. Yes. Okay. I, don't know, I always love in these movies. He's in a lot of Jean-Pierre Jeunet's films. I always like uh, Dominique Pinon, or however you pronounce yeah. his name. He was the uncle in this one. He was yeah, good. He's always great. Yeah, but like w- I'd probably just give it to Tutu since she has to carry the whole thing. But Jodie Foster is also like um, <laughs> her story is also just so heartbreaking. It's also really well done. Mm-hmm. On the lighter side of things, I did love when they took away the gravel in front of the yeah. house. And then they just invite him in. It's like, that is, mm-hmm. they invite the uh, the male guy in. That was, I don't know why, but I was laughing a lot at that. It was just like, oh, this is the French humor that I wasn't getting at first. And yeah. Now I'm totally, <laughs> now I'm totally on board. I mean, I don't, I don't think I've watched too many French films, like on the whole, so much as just um, Junette stuff, but like he always bring, bring or, oh my God, Lord speak. He always brings in the certain type of humor that feels very, akin or just him and everything so it's like every once in a while there will be something where like a cutaway where it's the mom talking or the aunt talking about uh what is it she said like doggy farts warms her heart or whatever it was oh, yeah. i don't remember what it was <laughs> it's like just random bits of humor to bring a little levity to everything well yeah. then if you like that that stuff you should maybe you should watch amelie then mm-hmm. uh, but i also to throw out a couple more shout outs the guy whoever is the uh, private investigator mm-hmm. is also really great and super memorable that was um mm-hmm. tiki holgado is his name the actor because he was oh, yeah he jermaine was, pierre yeah yeah current yeah, i'm we're butchering we're just if, just if assume French, we're, we're pronouncing sorry. everything incorrectly <laughs> <laughs> i think i got jody foster down yeah yeah, How, like, what did you think when you saw her come on screen? Jodie Foster. Yeah, I was like, it's like, because I know Marion Cotillard, she's French, right? Or she has, mm-hmm. like... She is she French. Is, yeah, so I was like, okay, who else do I know? I was like, is it the guy from The Professional? No. And then Jodie Foster. And because I remember in, um, what is it, Elysium, she speaks French very briefly. I was like, 
It's all coming together. It's all coming together. I knew it. But I didn't. But I was really excited. That was awesome. Um, Denny Levant, uh, who was the angry guy who went over to the the metal worker. Mm -hmm. um, He's been in a lot of stuff, too. I thought Ben would maybe maybe recognize him. But um, Also, like, I know we're supposed to feel bad for all five of them. But the dude who like pissed in that other guy's helmet, no fuck that guy. He deserved <laughs> no, to be No, I don't up think there. I don't think you're supposed to feel bad for him. Oh, okay. Good. Cuz I didn't. I mean, fuck that you guy. can feel bad for all of them cuz yeah. war sucks. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Yeah, so the why Corsican. not make it better by like, making someone else's war life the, suck? The guy whose helmet he pissed <laughs> in might have been the one who like shot the guy in the back or whatever. He might have deserved this it. This guy also okay, knifed someone's that guy also knifed someone's butt. Like, he's yeah. not a good guy. Oh, that was that guy. See, it's so hard to keep track of everyone. Like, so many of these people had just big old bushy mustaches. And you think it would be more of a distinguishing feature, but it just made everyone bleed together. So, I think our note is if we see, like, foreign films need to have different sizes of mustaches. Mm-hmm. Like, maybe a nice goatee. I mean, we know the one guy who he is when he comes back later because he has a nice, like, kind of curled mustache going on. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The the cook guy, the mm-hmm. guy, like, the thief. Yeah. I think it was Celestin Poe or Albert Dupontel. I think that might be the guy we're thinking of. But don't hold me to that. You were supposed to look up his name. I'm trying. I couldn't figure it out. <laughs> um, Did you just Google I like, thief I like him a lot. in a very long? Engaged. But would, I wouldn't call him a thief. He's just he is the he's thief. A cook. No, he steals from the commissary or whatever. No, he he negotiates with the commissary. <laughs> He's crafty. Mm-hmm. Okay, so two two it is. Okay, uh, let's talk about that ending. Would <laughs> would I guess the whole like the line that Ben brought up? You know, like him saying the same thing it was, about what was does, it, your, does, does it, it hurt, hurt when you walk or something? Is really good, but I was I was wholly anticipating him working on something with three m's in it would that have been too much or would have you liked that that would have been fine i like i mean i like it very no i mean i don't know i like this one so much because it was like everything's been wiped but he says the thing he first says to her so it's a promise that Mm -hmm. like everything will eventually go back to how it should be like but i mean i guess the three m's would do the same thing i like Either option's great, as long as there's I, a happy ending. Because there's definitely other things, I won't say which, but certain things like TV shows that ended on the note where one of the characters lost their memory. And you're just like, well, where the hell does this go from here? It's like, I definitely like having the promise that things will be right after yeah. this. I think, I think, usually I think amnesia is just such a, like a, oh God, are you serious kind of thing? Like mm-hmm. it just... It pisses me off. And this is one of the few times where it's like when they brought up Amnesia, I'm like, God damn it. And then when the credits rolled, I'm like, you know what? I'll take it. They did that well. They did that very well. It's not, even extra Not many sad movies do that. Because it's like there's this whole other side story about this woman who goes crazy or like loses her sense when her son is reportedly killed and so she takes him on as her child (laughs) there's so many different random just tragedies with that form this story so depressing that's a great little side though and Mm -hmm. it it, it speaks speaks to the whole short film of it like the vignette of it all too but that one also feels a little rushed just to get to the end of the movie though too 
Well, I mean, it just explains where he's been this whole time, though. Yeah. What's interesting is, like, I think if this was done like vignettes, I think Matilde's story would be the only one that doesn't fit. Because all of the others do end, like, super sadly. <laughs> and then it's like, oh, look, someone actually, like Lauren said, someone got a happy ending, thank God. Um, the farmer gets out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, so there are yeah. three happy endings. Matilde, uh, Manek, is that what was that his name? And the farmer. <laughs> Well, I'm going to count theirs as the same. Matilda Manek. That's like intertwined. But uh, yeah, man. I'm still like really impressed with like how... And the thief. He gets a happy ending. Four happy endings. <laughs> he was a good serving cook. I don't know what you're talking about. Okay. Nothing else? No other nitpicks with the ending? No. Mm, nope. Because I, I wish it came a tad quicker. He had to get that whole Zeppelin blowing up set piece in that feels like it could have got i mean it's awesome but at the same yeah, time but it's like it feels uh like just unnecessary well you had to explain why they thought what's his face that's good yeah. or it was yeah. dead yeah um that well, no, they everything thought he really was dead because he had traded his dog tags no but they also thought he died at the they never recovered the body they said he died at the, oh, at the that hospital. explosion. That's right. Yeah, because uh, they thought that was Notre Dame. Technically, Notre Dame. The farmers' dog tags were there in one of the three bodies or five bodies that they may be buried. I don't know. Mm-hmm. I liked how they like alluded, like they find when they're in the field. Also, that's crazy when they go to the battlefield and it's just like, oh yeah, it's just like no remnants of it at all. But mm-hmm. they find the, uh, they kick open the um, the cellar. It's, it's supposed to be the same cellar that they end up hiding in later. I think it's the um, catacombs or whatever. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, that was another good doggo, but that's jumping. <laughs> okay, but why? Any but whys? I don't think there's really a but. It's a but I mean, why movie. Like, I it's... mean, mine was the but why they didn't show the romance until so mm-hmm. late. But you know, that'd be beating a dead horse, like oh the, one, the one in the opening. You'd have to get a stick and every. That'd be a lot of work. It was way up there. Yeah, um, gotta get like a stick or a really long stick or a ladder. <laughs> I mean, it's just. Uh, it's, it sounds exhausting. I feel like another reason they probably didn't show too much of Manek's story is just because he was very much a non-character through everything. Yeah, he's not that interesting. I I mean, everything they showed is very poignant and just depressing, but it's like, uh, yeah, it's like he can't really hold the whole story because he's not all there anymore, you know? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Mathilde also got negged by him um, into loving him at the beginning he just kept yelling at her and screaming at her well he was a little boy (laughs) (laughs) and yeah and to be fair she was being rude by completely ignoring him like she could have just said like no thank you she's not obligated to talk to him that's fair that's fair okay hot take theater don't bully polio girls (laughs) (laughs) or just you know don't bully girls period (laughs) fair enough repeat after me any memorable lines you read on the screen yeah I can't decide which one's my favorite, though. I think Coltiard had a really good one uh, in her last scene. Did you write it down? I did not. <laughs> you were so bad at this. I know. I mean, <laughs> okay. but I mean, for me, it's uh, does it hurt when you walk is still, I mean, that's just far and away the best for me. 
Yeah, mine, I think my favorite was, um, if Manek were dead, Matilda would know, since the death notice, she stubbornly holds on to the, um, her intuition like a flimsy wire. She never gets discouraged, and Matilda's a cheerful disposition, or has a cheerful disposition. If the wire doesn't lead her to her lover, never mind, she can always use it as a noose. Oh, yeah, that was <laughs> rough. I like the pyromaniac line with the cat. Oh, yeah. With the oh, cat. yeah. But, but She's also, like, I knew that, you were that, a thief, but I didn't know you were a pyromaniac. Is that a but why? Like, why, the fact that why he, did the he farmer... almost came and was going to kill her? <laughs> yes, that's a good but why. Because <laughs> he's like, I couldn't bring myself to do it. But it's like, no, you were like, about, no, about to put to. the pillow over yeah, her head. The cat stopped you. <laughs> you were very much about to do it. <laughs> yeah, that's a good but why. The other ones I had written down were... Um, she plays the tuba. It is the only instrument capable of imitating your distress <laughs> call. Uh, the one from Manek that was super depressing. It's like, we're engaged. Luckily, we won't have to wait till the end of the war. Mm-hmm. Now I can go straight home after the execution. Oh, yeah. uh, and then the last one I wrote down was, you used to brag about being one year older than me. Now I'm older than you. When she was at his grave. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. A, lot of, a lot of pick-me-ups in this mm-hmm. section. I mean, I guess if I, I should have written down the one about doggy farts. That was a good one. <laughs> That is a good one. You nailed it earlier. You mentioned earlier. Farting. You know. Happy hound, happy sound. Or farting <laughs> hound, happy sound. Uh, That's not it. It was No, it's something to do about, like, I wish I had written it down. But it was so, it kind of also made me angry, though, because every time they said it, it was like, it was something about, like, the dog having the best doggy, farts when it was doggy sleeping. Doggy farts warm my heart. Yeah, something like that. But it was always, like, the dog has gas when it's sleeping, but every single time you see the dog it fart, awake. it's awake. <laughs> <laughs> there's a but why <laughs> expert opinions doggo down the chickpea the dog wonderful such a good doggo and the one i love um when they're out in the field where uh, bingo capishkul was or however you pronounce it um you just see the dog like bounding through the tall grass yeah it's like that's probably the happiest scene in the movie <laughs> that's the happiest anyone was at that mm-hmm. particular area um et watch is there any hidden et propaganda i mean there was movie? a glowing finger almost but other than that no a glowing finger i mean when he holds up the cigarette in his hand to get shot oh it's like that's what happens someone points a glowing thing and you shoot him in the hand <laughs> get out of here et with your glowing hand uh, I I doubt Ben's come had any has some meme uh, for this movie. I do not. Could that what part of this movie could be turned into a meme? Anything? Doggy farts. You could um, like if someone does something badass, it could be like I regret nothing but my except for my hair, which was the. Oh yeah, that was a good one. Um, that could just be like a badass woman line. You could use that in response to something or uh. Yeah, but then you actually have to elaborate on it. Yeah, that's true. Also, isn't it crazy we were still using the guillotine 100 years ago? Yeah. <laughs> Man, yeah. That... It, they, I think they said they um, kind of recreated the footage of the last beheading execution in France for this shot. Jesus. I, I wish I remember. Did I write down who it was? was? the no, last guillotine execution. Oh, yeah. It was um, Eugene Weidmans in 1939. <laughs> What'd he do? I do not know. Well, it, that might have been the last footage. It says it was last used in the 1970s. Oh, jeez. Uh, the teen remained <laughs> Francis, state, Fran- Francis State method of capital punishment well in the 20th century. When did they stop hanging people? When was the last hanging? <laughs> really fucking up my Google search here. Oh, uh, my God. Ni- I'm 1996. Wow. What? I was going to say, I'm really screwing up my Google searches lately by how to pronounce <laughs> this actor's name. 
Because <laughs> I did that for Audrey Te- or Tutu in this one. What the book was? Was this book based on a book? I don't know. Um, not that if I'm you, aware of. And right. Oh yeah, it was based on a novel, or at least inspired by a novel by um, Sebastian Japrasat. Okay. But it was adapted, and the story for the film was Jean-Pierre Junet. I'm assuming he wrote the script as well. Uh, yeah, he wrote the script as well. With uh, Guillaume Laurent. Which I just opened his thing on here, on Letterboxd. Did, it, did you watch I Lost My Body, that Netflix animated movie? Apparently no. he, he wrote that as well. It's worth definitely worth watching. I've heard it's interesting. It's at the very No, least. it's good. No, it's good. It's definitely good. So take that with a grain of salt. <laughs> I gave it four stars. It's also beautifully animated. The Upgradables. Upgradables. Any? Ca- do you have any casting things or? I mean, I don't know enough French actors and actresses. <laughs> I don't think off the yeah. top. Well, of I my just head. didn't know if you. Like, yeah, I don't know if there was like another crazy American actor was almost in it. What? Who could uh, Jean Renault have played in this movie? Ben? That's who I was thinking. I don't know. Like. Um... I mean, it all depends on what kind of mustache you would look good with. <laughs> like, big mustache, medium mustache, small mustache. I could have seen him playing. I could have seen he him playing. Play Jodie Foster's white husband. She was way more attractive than her husband. Yeah, but I think like, I don't know. But I guess he's supposed to like him being not the most attractive guy. It's like part of his appeal in that he's a nice guy who takes on all these children mm-hmm. that aren't his. I think he could have been the cook. Um, no, he's too good. I liked him. The thief. But yes, he could. No, he's. He but I'm saying, he like, stop he it, Lauren. Spurging his name. He was. He's literally called the thief in like the description yeah. of this movie. Yeah, but he's also the cook. The soldiers Wait, is, don't remember. Do we him. even know if he's the cook or if he just doles out food? No, he's, he's. You think he's just stealing? Do the we food? ever see him cook? No. Yeah, but we don't. We don't ever see them like kill other soldiers. So. Yeah, I mean, we do. By that logic, do we? Yes. Ah, yeah. There's like, yeah. They're okay. There is a sequence, there, that yeah. one. Jo- oh my yeah. gosh, that scene. That sequence. That, that scene was where fucked. they where the guy they, gets they, gutted the, or not gutted, but stabbed yeah, the, no, where he bayonets him. Oh yeah. my gosh, what a horrible fucking scene. That was. That's what I was saying. If it was that dude who got his helmet pissed in, then he deserved it. <laughs> okay, so Jean Renault for the chef thief. Fair enough. I think he, I think he could he would have been good in it. He could have been has that, anyone. When Jean Renault. He has I don't that think gleam in his better. eye sometimes. Yeah, but I don't know like if he would have been better either. He can do he can do like that kind of not not simple but like just compassionate like a very mm-hmm. almost childlike friendliness, you know, despite his surroundings, I guess. Lauren, yes. which did it better, 1917 or this as a more movie? <laughs> Why would you do this to me? Because um. you're you you over you you. I, I'm always astonished when I see your score for 1970. Why? It's an amazing movie. Yeah. It's it's great. <laughs> Don't yeah me. <laughs> Zach just needs to watch it again, like uh, Dunkirk. Yeah. I don't think it's going to be like a Dunkirk thing. I mean, I don't know. Like, again, like I said in the beginning of this, I'm always so surprised with how well this movie does the war aspect of it. Mm Because I always go in just expecting romance. (laughs) You get this epic. So I don't know. They're both great. Should have picked that for a a love story. That's a fair answer. 1917? The bros. Where's the... I mean... We never said it had to be romantic. (laughs) It's... It's not like it's not really a romance until like what the last shot or the last scene. Yeah, I don't. Be as good as pick as the village, maybe. 
Yeah. I mean, I'm not oh. saying it was actually a good no. pick. No. <laughs> <laughs> I'm telling you guys, I should have picked Wayne's World. I do feel really bad because I was thinking about it today. We all picked hetero white couples for our films. Oh, that's okay. We can't be woke all the time. Yeah, but like, I mean, we could have expanded it a little. <laughs> we could have done better. We could have done Clyde Atlas. Going yeah. off of uh, what's his face, um, uh, Mahershala Ali could have picked Moonlight. I could have finally seen <laughs> that movie. <laughs> <laughs> that is a great romance. No, but you know, it's me. It was an Oscar. Well, yeah. Oscar winner, I will see it a decade after it wins. <laughs> <laughs> Recommendations, definitely watch Amelie. I'm still recommending Ben watch mm-hmm. Amelie. Mm-hmm. Um, Very much so. These fill of a piece, even though they are quite different. To Infinity Be Gone, Lasting Impact. I think, sadly, like the Lasting Impact is Junette didn't, like, this was like he got to do whatever he wanted with this movie, and it wasn't as successful as Amelie, I don't mm-hmm. think. And he kind of, he, he never, he never got a chance, another chance in America. And then he made Alien Resurrection. That no, was that was before this. all this. What? And then. It was oh. in yeah, 1997. This is Okay, so then this is a comeback for sure. Mm-hmm. I mean, critically. Well, I mean, Amelie went, and a very long engagement yeah. were definitely comebacks. Alien Resurrection, then Amelie, then a very long engagement. Then Mick Max. Ooh. Okay. Yeah, but yeah. then he, for some reason, he didn't work for years. You know, it was like five years between Mick yeah. Max. And he then, did a short and then The Young and Prodigious T.S. Pivot in 2013. Which I've never seen. And I he had not seen Mick Max well. until Lauren picked it for the podcast. Yeah, and this is someone did, who loved both these movies. a TV movie and a, few sh- or a couple shorts. And Big Bug is his next thing. Which sounded interesting. I think I read it last yeah, time. Yeah, a group of a group bickering of suburbanites yeah. find themselves stuck together with an android uprising. Caused their, I forgot it was android uprising. <laughs> causes their well-intentioned household robots to lock them in their own, or for their, in for their own safety. Goodness. Yeah, that does sound rad. <laughs> yeah, it sucks because like lasting engagement, like he hasn't done anything big. And then like Audrey Tutu, I feel like I haven't seen mm-hmm. her in much else since she did the Vinci Code, and I think that might have been the last thing I saw her in, which sucks because she's an amazing actress. I remember not liking her very much in that Coco before Chanel movie. I think that was the last I time I saw her one. do something. She's still working, though, I think, and doing a lot of French movies. Yeah. But um, again, I wish she had more crossover appeal as well. Yeah. Instead of being yeah, in that she's been in mediocre, things. mediocre uh Oh, yeah. The last thing she Code did movie. was the Jesus Rolls. I forgot about that. And that had like a, what, an average of like two on Letterboxd, I think. <laughs> <sighs> I want to watch it, but I'm scared. I should look into some of these other French films she's done, though. Okay. Next week, we continue on our genre-rama adventure of love stories. Uh, another pick-me-up romance, mm-hmm. um, The Fountain. The fountain I mean, is my pick. What was the last one Go we ahead. did? What did we? The village. The village. Like, the village. did we have any pick me up romances? Because I don't think. No, because no. mine, mine is also, from what I yeah. understand, <laughs> yours is sad too. <laughs> I mean, mine is the biggest pick me up, I guess. <laughs> yeah, I guess so. It's definitely the most. Well, Eternal Sunshine's. Uh, I haven't a fun seen it, so I can't movie. tell you. Well, <laughs> but I'd also argue like this has like moments of whimsy throughout it too mm-hmm. so it's like mm-hmm. even though there's a lot of dark shit there are moments of levity so eternal sunshine is not as dark it's not horses dying and have re- almost everybody dies <laughs> yeah, but in isn't that movie the premise just being so upset 
by your your romance that you want to forget the person? Kind of. I mean, I'm not saying it's not sad. I'm just saying <laughs> it's it's there, there's a, there's at least not war and murder and okay. death and violence. I mean, it's kind of murdering someone when you erase someone's <laughs> memory. I was going to say, like, on a scale of a very long engagement to, I don't know, shit, what was the other Lauren pick? Uh, Never Let Me Go. Where are we, <laughs> where are we straddling this line? Like, we closer it's, to... It's closer to a very long engagement in that okay. there's actual levity God. in Eternal Sunshine. <laughs> Never Let Me Go. I have some real winners. <laughs> <laughs> so good, so sad. <laughs> the Fountain is uh, Darren Aronofsky's follow-up to Requiem for a Dream. This will uh, be my this will be my third Aronofsky movie, so we'll see if we'll see which. Because like of right the now, Aronofsky I've got I've falls. got half a star and I've got four and a half stars. I'm curious <laughs> to see what uh where this one lands. Yeah, I'm really ex- interested. <laughs> I haven't watched this since theaters. I remember enjoying it in theaters, but I think it's one of my sister's most hated films. <laughs> wow. Interesting. Uh, we'll have to get her take on that. What's crazy is I think I had all, a very long engagement, The Fountain and Eternal Sunshine. I all had rated five stars before going into this week. Um, we picked some good ones this series. Has um, your Has your sister seen Mother? Um, I doubt it. Okay, good for her. I thought her. she might have, though. Well, I'll, I'll ask I, her. I feel like her and I'll Amy were talking about it. Okay. What does Amy but think of it? Amy appreciated it. She was fine with it. <sighs> the, the Fountain was Darinovsky's, Darren Aronofsky's uh, much delayed and anticipated follow-up to Requiem for a Dream. And it is, it's hard to even describe the movie. It's like a... Part sci-fi, part period movie, part cancer drama, part. Yeah. I don't know. Should I should I read the synopsis <laughs> on Letterboxd? Probably. Uh, I mean, if you read it, it'd probably not enlighten you to what happens. Uh, Rachel Weisz, she's in. Isn't she also in? No, is it? Is she also in Eternal Sunshine? No, that's Kate Wentz. That's in. No, I didn't. I thought she was a doctor or something. Who am I thinking of? I've never seen it, but for some reason, I thought I had a recollection of her. Oh, uh, Kirsten Dunst is in. Yeah, Eternal you know Sunshine. Rachel Weisz. Kirsten Dunst look very similar. <laughs> Man, Kirsten or Rachel Weisz, she's high up on my list, guys. Yeah, we should watch The Mummy too for a love. Yeah, story. I was gonna Let's say we should have picked that for. <laughs> no, that for we should have. Someone should have picked the favorite. Not for a love story. Yeah, why didn't one of you guys <laughs> pick the favorite for me? Um. Oh shit, that would have been a good one. You still could change right. yours. No, don't no, change it. And like then we could sunshine. not do a heteronormative <laughs> romance. Spanning over 1,000 years and yeah. three parallel stories, The Fountain is a love story, a, a story of love, death, spirituality, and the fragility of our existence in this world. Yeah, so that explains nothing. <laughs> All told in 90 minutes. Starring uh, yes. the film stars Hugh Jackman, Rachel Weisz, Ellen Burstyn, Mark McGolis, uh, Stephen McCaddy, and then no one else is too big in the movie. But uh, no, I this was a movie that was in my top five at one point. I wonder where I have it now. Up there with Donnie Darko. Eternal Sun. Yeah, that was in my top five at one point. Uh, Eternal Sunshine is still in my top five. Uh, where is the list? Where is the list? Why is this so far down? I still have it in my top 35, 40 movies. 
I haven't I haven't fully ranked those as well as I like, but I love the fountain. I think I feel like it's an underseen classic. No, it's not a classic. I was gonna say I wouldn't most, call it a classic. Definitely underseen. I feel like though. most people don't. I feel like most people don't like it. They'll, but what's the? Let's see what the score is on it. Three point five. So it's it's got it's well respected. It's better than a very long engagement. Then. Yeah, it's got twelve percent five star ratings. So um, yeah, that's gonna be our next movie. So if you want to follow along. Go be sure to go watch that in as in as high quality a format as possible. It's a gorgeous movie. But uh, yeah, until next time, I'm Zach Oldenburg. You can find me wherever you can find at Zach Oldenburg. Find us at middleofrow.com. Find us at Middle of Row on Twitter. Hashtag know the. We are on Patreon if you want to give us money. I don't think anybody has yet. And I'll go um, throw us a dollar if you drop down our lowest tier. <laughs> Uh, and uh, rate and review the podcast wherever you get it. Apparently it does stuff. I'm Ben Grigsby. I'm super worried because I just saw that Mother also has a 3.5 on Letterboxd. <laughs> you can find me on Twitter and, and on Letterboxd at the Grigsby Bear, and you can find all of us on Facebook at Middle of the Row. And I'm Lauren Heimbaugh. You can find me on Twitter at Beware of Trees, and you can find us on Tumblr at middleofrow.tumblr.com. They basically have like the same bar graph, except... Yeah, it feels Super like worried. it feels like the 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 one and the half star and one star has a little bit more uh, on mother. It looks but like. you know, just remember that I hated mother and I enjoyed the fountain. So maybe you'll agree with me on this one. And Ben, but watch loves me hate him. it now. Ben loves him some Hugh Jackman and Rachel Weisz. I sure do. Uh, so uh, <laughs> thanks for listening. Go watch the fountain. And remember, the best seats are in the middle of the row.